Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all, and tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. Tonight, it's election night, and it all comes down to Georgia, and the stakes are enormous. Peach State voters decide who will control the United States Senate. Record early turnout and half a billion dollars spent on two runoff races. The uphill battle tonight for Democrats, the distraction from the White House for Republicans, and how tonight's results will impact Joe Biden on day one of his presidency. Plus, Democrats promise a $2,000 stimulus check if they win tonight. Pressuring Pence, President Trump turns up the heat on his vice president to make the impossible happen and overturn Biden's win tomorrow in a joint session of Congress. If he doesn't come through, I won't like him quite as much. Tonight, what Mike Pence is planning to do. Chilling threat, a CBS News exclusive. We are flying a plane into the Capitol Wednesday. Was Iran behind the ominous warning? A dire situation in California. Paramedics being told to conserve oxygen to not transport patients with little chance of survival as the U.S. sets a record for coronavirus hospitalizations. Plus, we'll tell you which state now has the highest COVID infection rate in the world. Breaking news, no charges filed against the Wisconsin officer who was captured on cell phone video shooting Jacob Blake multiple times in the back. Hundreds of National Guard troops on standby as Kenosha reacts. Music's biggest night postponed. The news tonight about the Grammys. And Alex Trebek's final plea, the message he recorded for his audience during his final week of Jeopardy. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with some breaking news because control of the United States Senate hangs in the balance tonight in Georgia after a record number of people stood in line 
to vote today or mailed in their ballots in runoff races for two Senate races. Now, who wins tonight will determine if Joe Biden can push his agenda through Congress or if he'll be blocked by Republicans. And the stakes are even higher because President Trump continues to falsely claim that there was fraud in November's presidential election. Congress will meet here in Washington tomorrow for the final count of the Electoral College votes. That's the last step in officially confirming Joe Biden won the presidency. But CBS News has learned tonight that Mr. Trump is continuing to push Vice President Mike Pence, who will preside over the joint session of Congress, to violate the Constitution and throw the election to President Trump. Now, tens of thousands of the president's supporters who disagree with the outcome of the election are expected to rally outside the Capitol tomorrow with growing concern tonight that there could be violence. There's also new reporting tonight for you and your family. Our team is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Mark Strassman is going to lead off our coverage tonight. He's in Atlanta. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Nora. Polls close here at 7 p.m. Today's average wait time, a few minutes. Although state investigators are looking into email threats against election workers in 10 counties, we've heard no reports of serious disruptions. As voters settle these dual runoffs, Georgia's on the mind of America. Today is the day. Democrats Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff to get out to the polls and vote today. Hope to unseat Senators David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler. If we don't vote, we won't just lose this election, we will lose the country. To Republicans here, today's turnout means everything. They may be starting the day behind in the most costly Senate races in history. At least $830 million already spent. Compared coronavirus to the common flu. More than 3 million Georgians voted early. One-third were black voters, up three points from their November turnout. And more than 100,000 early voters did not turn out for the November election at all, like Denise Harrison. This is my second chance to make it right. The stakes are huge. If both Democrats win, the party wrestles control of the U.S. Senate. Vice President Kamala Harris would cast any tie-breaking vote. That's why both the incoming and outgoing administrations campaigned in Georgia over the last 48 hours, including President-elect Biden. You have two senators now who think they don't work for you, they work for Trump. Potentially at stake, his legislative agenda and swift confirmation of cabinet appointments. We will be able to pass $2,000 stimulus checks for the people next week when we win these races in Georgia. North Georgia is Trump country. Monday night, for nearly 90 minutes, he rehashed grievances and grudges, his relentless but groundless fraud allegations. That was a rigged election. But some state GOP leaders worry those charges could hurt their turnout today. I don't do rallies for other people. I do them for me, right? Both races are considered close. This is where uh, Fulton County, Georgia's most populous county, will tabulate its mailed-in early ballots. And depending on the size of the turnout and the closeness of these races, we may not know the winner until tomorrow. Nora? We'll be watching all night. Mark Schrossman, thank you. And tonight, President Trump is still insisting that the election was stolen from him. Even as Congress is set to confirm Joe Biden's win, the president plans to address supporters tomorrow here in Washington. He's also pressuring Vice President Mike Pence to use powers he does not have to overturn the results. We get more now from CBS's Weijia Zhang. Tonight, thousands of pro-Trump protesters gather near the White House ahead of Congress confirming President-elect Joe Biden's victory tomorrow. President Trump promises to keep fighting it with what he considers a final test of loyalty for Vice President Mike Pence. 
tweeting falsely that the vice president has the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors. The president has privately and publicly pressured Mr. Pence to stop Congress from approving the election results. I have to tell you, I hope that our great vice president, our great vice president comes through for us. He's a great guy. Of course, if he doesn't come through, I won't like him quite as much. But election law expert David Becker said it's up to members of Congress to approve the Electoral College's count affirming Mr. Biden's win, not the vice president. The vice president's role during this joint session of Congress is entirely ceremonial. He basically operates like a host at the Oscars would. His role is to open up envelopes and and count what's in there. For his part, Vice President Pence has sent mixed signals asking a federal judge to dismiss a lawsuit that claimed he had the sole power to decide the election outcome, then offering this assurance. I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. More than a dozen Senate Republicans plan to object to the results in key swing states, but a growing number of their GOP colleagues came out publicly today to say refusing to back the will of the voter is unconstitutional and harmful to the party. President Trump has called them the, quote, surrender caucus. Today, his successor praised them. There are enough really decent Republicans, you're seeing them step up now, in in the United States Senate, who don't want to be part of this Trump Republican Party. And Weija joins us now from the White House, because I understand you are hearing that there is some concerning intelligence about possible violence tomorrow. What have you learned? Nora, tonight a senior defense official tells CBS News there are calls all over social media for protesters to storm the Capitol, in addition to reports that some of them will bring weapons. Local authorities are urging people to stay away from downtown, but President Trump is encouraging his supporters to protest and even plans to join them with a speech tomorrow morning. Nora? All right. Wei Zhejiang at the White House, thank you. We've got some more breaking news because CBS News has learned that the FBI and FAA are looking into a breach of the air traffic control system tonight after someone broadcast a threat to attack the U.S. Capitol over the radio frequencies used by pilots. CBS's Jeff Begays has exclusive new reporting tonight. The chilling threat obtained exclusively by CBS News was heard by multiple air traffic controllers on Monday afternoon in New York. We are flying a plane into the Capitol Wednesday. Soleimani will be avenged. Sources tell CBS News the Pentagon and other agencies were briefed today about the digitized voice recording and believe it was designed to suggest hitting the Capitol on the same day Congress is set to count the Electoral College results. The recording refers to Qasem Soleimani the Iranian general killed in a U.S. drone strike ordered by President Trump and came on the one-year anniversary of his death. You look over his past. His past, he's been called a monster, and he was a monster. And he's no longer a monster. He's dead. But in Iran, Soleimani is revered, and Iranian officials have vowed revenge. CBS News has learned that while the government does not believe the warning of an attack is credible, It is being investigated as a breach of aviation frequencies and the threat would be a crime. Experts say the intrusion is concerning because it could affect the instructions pilots get about how and where to fly planes. 
Sources tell CBS News that air traffic controllers were reminded today to report anything unusual, like if a plane deviates from its flight path or any type of threat. The FAA is working with law enforcement. The FBI is not commenting. Dora. Jeff Begay's with that new information. Thank you, Jeff. And tonight, the FBI and three other national security agencies put out a rare joint statement saying Russia was likely behind the cyber hacking of multiple government departments. The hacks appear to be part of a spying effort not to disrupt operations. And now President Trump has questioned Russia's involvement, suggesting China may have been behind the attacks. This now makes clear that the intelligence community believes it is likely Russia. We're going to turn now to the coronavirus pandemic because tonight the U.S. just passed 21 million confirmed cases. And after one of the deadliest weeks of the pandemic, the U.S. death toll now tops 356,000. There's more than 2,500 new COVID patients were admitted into hospitals just yesterday, and that is bringing the record total to more than 128,000. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti is outside a hospital in Los Angeles where overcrowding has forced some extreme measures. Good evening, Jonathan. Good evening, Nora. And hospitals across the state are stretched so thin tonight that in some cases, hospitals have declared an internal disaster because of staffing shortages, meaning ambulances are being turned away. Southern California hospitals are so full that some of the sickest patients can't even get here. It used to be a seven to ten minute drive to a hospital. And now we're, we're waiting two, three, four hours minimum. With ambulances stacking up outside hospitals, Los Angeles County now issuing this directive to paramedics. Due to the severe impact of COVID, it says heart attack patients with little chance of survival shall not be transported. We know that if you don't get a return of a pulse in the field, that transporting to the hospital really doesn't improve survival. So it's really a matter of futility. The cycle is showing no signs of letting up. This is the massive line to get tested at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, a region where more than one out of every five tests comes back positive. California just setting a one-day record for COVID cases as officials move through holiday backlogs, over 70,000. But a major concern now is that new variant of the virus, over 50% more contagious, found in California, Florida, Colorado, New York, and now Georgia. The U.K. strain is highly problematic, and it could be a game changer. Especially important as states scramble to receive and administer vaccines. In Florida, hundreds of seniors camped out overnight in their cars as vaccines were given first come, first serve. We've been uh, in hibernation for a year, and we're getting too old for that because we ain't got that many years left. The FDA had considered giving adults half doses of the Moderna vaccine to reach more people. The agency rejected that. A wise move, says former director of the CDC. Stick with the program. Take as directed. Focus on getting the vaccines that we have available today into people's arms. The infection rate in Arizona now the highest in the world for new cases. But it's those on the front lines who bear the biggest burden. Here's just one voice, a nurse in San Diego. It gets hard every day. And we have each other to like make it through. But um, sometimes it feels like... All this work we're doing is for nothing because everybody just keeps getting COVID and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. 
And ERs are so packed tonight here in Southern California that in some cases, patients are waiting up to 18 hours just to see a doctor. Nora. Such a strain on our health care. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. Well, tonight, Kenosha, Wisconsin is on edge after prosecutors announced the police officer who shot Jacob Blake will not face criminal charges, nor will any other officers. The shooting in August sparked unrest in Kenosha, and the National Guard is on patrol tonight. CBS's Moa Lenghi is in Kenosha. I saw the video. The district attorney's decision comes more than four months after the shooting of Jacob Blake left him paralyzed from the waist down. Michael Gravely said Officer Rustin Chesky was justified acting in self-defense. This case is really all about self-defense, and can it be proven that it does not exist? It is, fr- it is really evidence about the perspective of Officer Shesky. The officers were responding to a domestic dispute call against Blake last August after he resisted arrest. Prosecutors say Blake was holding a knife when Officer Shesky shot him multiple times in the back. For Blake's father, the decision is justice denied. We'll find federal ways that justice will find for my son. We're not done yet. During the days of protests, two people were shot and killed and a third injured by then 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, who claims self-defense. During a virtual court hearing today, the now 18-year-old Rittenhouse, his attorney by his side, pleaded not guilty to the reckless homicide charges against him. Prepared to enter not guilty, please, to all the charges contained therein. Tonight, Kenosha is on alert and bracing for whatever might happen next. Just boarded up. Um, Then we helped everybody else board up as much as we could with the plywood we had. Well, right now, roughly 500 National Guard troops are on the ground here in Kenosha after the governor mobilized them earlier this week, anticipating potential unrest. Meanwhile, tonight, the U.S. DOJ says a civil rights investigation into this case is ongoing, Nora. All right, Mullalenghi, thank you. Tonight, a COVID outbreak on the Cleveland Browns is forcing the team to change its game plan for its first playoff game in 18 years. The head coach, two assistants, and two players have tested positive, joining nine others already sidelined by COVID. The NFL says for now, the game will go on Sunday night. All right, tonight, Amazon is spreading its wings. It's beefing up its air cargo fleet by buying 11 used Boeing jets. It's a first for the online giant, which has been leasing its planes. Amazon hopes to have 85 planes in its fleet by the end of next year to try and speed up those deliveries. Tonight, the pandemic is forcing Grammy organizers to postpone music's biggest night. The awards were scheduled for January 31st, but that's been pushed back now to March 14th. Beyonce leads the pack with nine nominations. And you can watch the Grammy Awards ceremony when it airs. You guessed it, right here on CBS. Always a big night. Throughout his battle with cancer, Alex Trebek adamantly refused to step down as host of Jeopardy. And now we know why. Here's CBS's Jim Axelrod. The host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. Back in October, ravaged by pancreatic cancer, Trebek insisted on taping five more shows to run later. Welcome. Good luck. Let's go to work. This week, millions of Trebek's devoted fans are getting one last fresh look at the man who made being smart cool. How about the word cage? Each night. For more than 30 years. This is the season of giving. I know you want to be generous, but today I'd like you to go one step further. Speaking directly to his audience, he started the week of tapings, Election Day coming, COVID raging, with a plea. 
and not a word about the intestinal surgery he'd undergone just 11 days before. Further, I'd like you to open up your hands and open up your heart to those who are still suffering because of COVID-19. People who are suffering through no fault of their own. It was remarkable, if not entirely predictable. A thoughtful, decent man shining his bright light on us at the end, not himself. We're trying to build a gentler, kinder society. And if we all pitch in just a little bit, we're going to get there. Trebek died 10 days later at the age of eight. Okay. Take care. So long. Jim Axelrod, CBS News. That's right. We should all pitch in on that. Want to invite you to stay with CBS News tonight for special coverage of the Georgia runoff elections. And tomorrow, as Congress meets to count the electoral votes in the presidential election. And if you can't watch live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can join us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here soon. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts.